And then, you know, I don't know what what just happened. And Discord updated, my computer updated, uh, then my my headset wasn't working on here, so I had to talk to into this, but I could hear you guys through my computer. I was really confused. So score one for technology. Discord Discord one, Tony zero. Yeah, negative five at this point. <laughs> when technology updates, we all lose. <laughs> oh, isn't that the truth? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm good. Let, let's get this going here. Yeah, you know, you know the drill. Everybody shut up. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Football for All. I am your host, Zach Heilman. We have, once again, the magnificent trio of myself, Tony Stenielsen, and Michael Grimbo Grimberg here. We promised an NFL draft episode. We are going to give you one, especially with some of the unique aspects of this year's draft when it coincides with everything that's going on in pandemic land that is the world of COVID-19. Uh, which one of you guys like to start off? Uh, Tony, Michael, good to have you in. Uh, you know, never mind. I'll, even, I'll pick who starts. Tony, what's going on, bud? Uh, not much, man. I decided to uh, make the trip back home to uh, Northwest Indiana uh, last Friday. Uh, since then, I've been doing a lot of uh, at-home projects for my parents. So uh, working during the day and projecting during the night. <laughs> glad, glad that you're keeping busy here, man. And and helping your parents out, too. That's, uh, that's some good points. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> thanks man i appreciate that it's no problem no problem it's no problem man Uh, michael how's how's it going dude um i I hear you have uh, some new life updates for us uh when it comes to your living situation if i'm right yes yes um me and my fiance have decided to be homeowners during this hectic time Uh, um we are now in the demo stage of things and uh the cleanup crew is alive and well that's for sure so we're making uh good progress on it so far and uh looking forward to what it'll potentially be in the hopefully near future hey that's fantastic i'm glad to hear it you guys definitely uh, you know getting on your way and I mean, getting getting for homeownership, that's an excellent feeling, you know, and I I can I can somewhat relate here. You know, it's uh, planning out the vision of the house is going to be something that you guys will have plenty of time to discuss. And obviously. What is the start right now will be a completely different ending to what to the home you're in. Uh, But yeah, happy for both of you, you know, good, good, brand new beginning with that home. Uh, So it's been kind of wacky. Uh, this whole scenario that we live in right now. There's no normalcy with the world of COVID-19. Uh, same goes for the NFL draft, uh, which, well, we're all here to talk about. This was an episode we were very excited to do. I know Michael's been really wanting to get some draft talk, and it you know it gives us something to do while we're all quarantined in our house away from the world. So let's get into this thing, starting firstly with how the draft is even being conducted this year. They, the NFL finally decided and pulled the trigger on a virtual draft, which they're not going to be in Las Vegas. It's going to be pretty much done over computer. And 
I believe, uh, video type of format with Roger Goodell at least announcing the first round and a few other picks, as well as the fact that EA Sports, they're going to have, I believe, 58 virtual players that will do like a walk-up, for example, at least for first-round players or any other players that could potentially be first-round to walk up as well. Uh, and there's there's other details that are getting worked out right now, but the fact that it's virtual and we're hearing Roger Goodell say he's going to announce players from his basement as well uh, totally adds to a wrinkle. Guys, uh, do you think this will be watchable? I guess that is the first question. Go ahead, Tony. Uh, I think so, mainly because we're all sitting here watching reruns of you know past games um whether you're at and so i think just having something new and different is gonna at least pique somebody's interest i don't know how much viewership it would be but i think it would be watchable just because people need that sports fix they want to focus on the one sport that hasn't had to announce really anything to the different schedule changes so i think i think people will watch it just just so that they have that something to watch it's fair it's fair. I, I I could say that same point. I mean, like I meant, like I mentioned at the beginning here. I mean, we're kind of getting bored. Uh, I racing for NASCAR is one of the biggest things right now as a sport. Uh, Michael, what do you think in here? Um, I really just think that uh, it's it's something different, like Tony was saying, and um, we really just need to get a grasp of it now because I know it's. It, it is different, and we, uh, as the fans' perspective, it's uh, it's something that we're going to have to get used to in the fact that um, everyone's going to be at home like they always are. I mean, it's not going to be too different other than um, not really seeing the fans uh, at the venue uh, and cheering on or booing uh Goodell and all that but um I think it should be interesting uh to see all that occur uh in a, in about I think it's 9 days now and uh yeah I I, I think it's going to be I think it I think it'll be good if the technol if the technology decides to cooperate but uh you know we'll see uh it should be uh It'll be memorable for sure because the players won't be able to shake Mr. Goodell's hand and grab the jersey, but they'll they'll still have that phone call and that memory of it. So, yeah, I think for the players, they'll definitely they'll get at least that experience with the phone call, and you'll be with you can, I guess, for a somewhat part, be with your families. I mean, that's going to be kind of different too. I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna see that interaction. I would say with a camera at someone's house, maybe or like throwing a draft party. Um, we definitely won't see the interaction of like saying, having somebody at uh, Las Vegas where, you know, they get to react with their mom and dad and, you know, kind of have this surreal moment of I've, Hey, look, I made it type of vibe. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I'll miss that the most, you know, um, obviously just how the fans react to picks. I always find that intriguing, especially for first round, like Thursday night, since the NFL started to do, three night draft you know i'll mm-hmm. miss that in particular uh i think it'll be watchable though i think we're gonna one thing we'll get out of this i think we're gonna have we're gonna have a lot of like i think awkward moments with with all the virtual tech we're gonna use you know i don't know what rod 
Roger Goodell is going to look like on camera in his in his basement <laughs> in Bronxville, New York. Yeah. Like, does he wear does he wear pajamas? Does he is does he stay professional and have to wear a suit? Because they were going to do a studio, but now it doesn't matter. So, he'll, do we just, just stick be with the vibe with of everybody? He'll just be in his. Uh, he'll just be the, the top up will be a tie and a shirt, and the bottom yes. will be like sweatpants or something. Yes, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> right, right. And I think just I think going off of uh, the other stuff that I said too, I think um, the draft for the players, I think. Um, I think it'll be a lot better for the players because uh, they, you know, I saw something that uh, Saquon Barkley was talking about during his, uh, his experience with the draft. And, you know, he was constantly having to deal with the media and uh, he had like two or three hours of media right after he got drafted. Like he didn't really get to experience it with his family. Uh, I, I believe that's important because that's the reason that you're there to uh, be in the draft at all is because you had such a good upbringing with your family. So uh, they, they mean the players, uh, they would, I'm sure they would love to have this draft like it is right now or what it's going to be in a few days uh, to enjoy it with their loved ones so that they can make that memory. But uh, like like we said about walking across the stage and getting the jersey is something they're never going to forget. But I think this new perspective of the draft will be something new that new and uh, uh, appreciative for the players and their families. Yes, I I would agree. I mean, either way, you're getting drafted. That's the big thing. So right. You're still going to experience that joy. It's just not the same as what everyone else has done over the last hundred years in NFL history. Uh, right. So you'll still get that in the in that case. Uh, one thing I'm finding interesting, I while we're talking, I had to look this up because I'm I'm also very intrigued at some other aspects of this virtual draft, how they're going to run it. Um, so it's going to be originating out of Bristol, Connecticut, from ESPN. Uh, but one question that was brought up. And I didn't even think about this at the time of making this question, how they're going to have to ensure how they avoid hacking into the draft because it's, it's completely virtual. So you have to make sure that these picks are not altered or that something goes haywire during these broadcasts. Cause they, I mean, they can't really, I mean, they can maybe run over, but even then that's kind of risque. If you have something completely crash a system or, you know, they're unable to, make picks because they're trying to do this completely virtual because even their backup yeah. systems apparently are phone lines and emails Oof. and that'll work but you know it's just begging for it yeah i mean if the phone lines are even voice over internet protocol you know that's that's an internet connection and if that gets wired down there's gonna be some issues and oh especially gosh. when you have you have three nights of or three days of drafts especially thursday you want to make sure you don't screw that up that at least the Thursday, possibly Friday. I mean, rounds one through three are the most important in the NFL. So, you know, you want to keep that clear. I, you know, the ver- the hacking side is really something I think that isn't been talked about enough. Yeah, I didn't even think of that aspect virtual. of it. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have heard the news lately, but there were people that were doing uh, what they call Zoom bombings. I've heard of this, yes. It's pretty mm-hmm. much where... Um, Mike, if you if you haven't heard about it, it's pretty much where people would uh, get into any type of public Zoom meeting and then would just start bombing it with like 
pornographic images and so that's where they need to start if they're going to do this all virtual they need to make sure that they're really buttoned down and make sure that they're on a private servers or on their they you need a password to get in or you need to do something because could mm-hmm. you just imagine them you know doing the virtual draft and the next thing you know pornographic images start just bombing the the draft that'd be wild i Oh my goodness! Can you imagine having something like that come up on your television set? God, oh my gosh! <laughs> Just like, uh, cool. It's the fifth pick. Miami's choosing. Uh, oh wow, that's pretty scandalous. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's too. Uh... <laughs> no, no kidding. <laughs> I don't think two is on the screen, but. Mom, <laughs> mom, who's that? <laughs> oh my goodness i i would hate to see, i mean i would hate to see that um and i would hate the nfl draft to get held up by something like that but like i mean that's a possibility i, I really didn't think about that until i just kind of did a read up here um from what i can tell from what i'm reading this is espn i'm getting this info from uh they're having microsoft work with them so solid partner obviously and the nfl being the nfl not surprised microsoft's their main partner anyway for their tablets so why am i not even shocked that they're working with them (laughs) (laughs) of course for their it support and tech but you know if there's a hacker that goes on screen this will be the biggest news of the draft forget about any of these draft picks they'll it'll be like one of the top like what we learned from the draftathon or something like that (laughs) And they're even calling it that. I'm not kidding you. The same they're article I'm reading here. Yeah. Is the NFL really calling it a draftathon? Yes. Wow. <laughs> That's what it's being called right now. Huh. Amazing. Just wow. Okay. Yeah. We're at that point. <laughs> Call right now. We'll get you that fifth. We'll get you that fifth overall pick there, Miami. <laughs> With your fifth yeah. overall pick, you can guarantee future success. Yeah, I've also seen other stuff about the draft too. Like, uh, like what happens if a team runs out of time on their pick, like because of a technical difficulty, what happens then, you know, because it's been a while since. Do they auto draft like in fantasy football? Computer best available. ESPN fantasy gives them the best available. That would be wild. Dude, yeah, screw screw any GM work. He's going. He's got to stay home and watch the kids. He'll, he'll get this auto draft completely down, and then Cincinnati <laughs> will run the table and win it all. And then you'll have like uh, you'll have like owners like Robert Kraft saying that it's rigged. The auto draft won the won it from this year. They didn't actually draft anything. <laughs> no skill. I think that, I mean, realistically, though, they're, you'd have to give, like, I would say an extra minute or something. Yeah. I mean, if something crashes, what are you going to do? You're going to go and you're going to go and tell a new, a brand new GM, just go F off and forget right. about it. You know, that pick's dead. It doesn't matter. Get the MP intern on the phone, tell him to call in to make the pick. Mm-hmm. Or you have a team strategically strategically hack the NFL at the beginning of the draft. So Cincinnati misses thus, then thus someone allows Joe Burrow to fall to wherever they would like, uh, oh my gosh, say, <laughs> say like they hack it. And it's like, well, it looks like, uh, it looks like the chargers are going to get him. 
I don't know why they're <laughs> able to make a selection. How <laughs> did the Jaguars get another quarterback? Wait, did I say the Char? I thought I said the Chargers. You did, and then I thought about the Jaguars. Oh well, I mean that's that's a thing for discussion they, they, they in the top ten. So yeah, that's, that's true. true. You know, Gardner Minshew's good, but I don't know. I mean, you could probably pick somebody up that's better, and Gardner's a good backup. You know? Yeah. And then they pawned off Nick Foles to Chicago and did that. But that's another story for another day. That's I'm a still sore spot for you, isn't it? It kind of is. I mean, it's gotten better. <laughs> like, since we've last talked, that's gotten better since they're con- they've renegotiated his contract so much to where he's only taking $7 million in cap this year. Perfect. But. Yeah, and he also has an opt-out after this year. But even then, I'm like, oh, you should have picked somebody else up. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I'm okay with it better than I was before. Uh, you know, is what it is. But yeah, man, like hacks are going to be a thing. One other thing I should mention too, guys, is I guess they're trying to do some sort of like fan element to it or whatever. Uh, let me see if I can find this here. I don't know if it's like, they were ta- they were asking like if you can boo D- Goodell or something like that, but no, that'd be awesome. Like that, I think it. I'm I'm not gonna find it because this article is massively long. But like, I think they they were trying to incorporate some video element to like it was like fan interaction type of thing. So <laughs> I guess maybe they could boo Goodell. Like someone clears like the a, video and they're like, we just need one, just like one. a Facebook Live or something. Yeah, you gotta hit that quota. We get one boo. It's going to be the best boot. <laughs> and then that's it. He's already, he endures enough abuse. He doesn't need <laughs> They just implement a boot button for people just to hit every time they don't like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a hot key here. <laughs> my drum. going to be broken. <laughs> my, <laughs> my, my drum pad. I got, I got it right here. I can just spam it. Boo, boo, yes. boo. <laughs> I can see it happening. Oh, but, definitely. But I don't know how that'll work either. But uh, it looks like they kind of have it figured out. I, the details aren't really specific. That's the only thing. So they got, from this recording, at least nine days to tell us a little more, perhaps. But, yeah, One other got- thing I was thinking about the draft, too, guys, was, you know, with it being virtual, it kind of takes away some of the um, economic you know, profits that, that, you know, Vegas would have, you know, with this. I mean, obviously Vegas itself doesn't have an issue with bringing in money when it, you know, when we're opened up and they have the casinos running. But if you think about like a Chicago um, where they've had the draft, um, you know, having all those people come into the city is a huge economic, you know, surplus to it. It really kind of helps out the whole city, the city as a whole. So not having it there, uh, stuff going to take a hit for for any of the economies. I mean, obviously they're already taking a hit, but it's just this is like that extra like cherry on top for any type of city. And I mean, that's just something I noticed because since I work in a sports industry, that you know those economic hits are going to keep coming, and we just got to kind of roll with it. But that's a huge venue and huge event to lose, without a doubt. And this is supposed to be the Raiders' coronation to Las Vegas for this mm-hmm. event. That that's their big. <clears throat> You know, hello, we're here. The NFL's in Las Vegas, yep. and you get to miss that opportunity. And uh, you know, me and Michael, we were talking about this uh, before we got started. You know, Cleveland is still on deck for next year, mm-hmm. so they're not going to reset this, and or at least there's no plans to do that. 
and you already are going to be through your first year in Las Vegas by the time 2021 rolls around. So there's no point in redoing it. You already introduced yourself to the Vegas area for a yep. while. Um, I mean, for crying out loud, with this pandemic going on, there there's like contingency plans right now. They might not even start their season in their new Coliseum. They might have to find a different stadium to go to. Wow. Yeah, it's weird to think about. I mean, I can list off one Sam Boyd Stadium in that area is probably their most likely, I would say. But like, even then, it's kind of nuts to think that they might not even start the season with the new flashy black and silver stadium they're building because that that it lo- the renders look great from it. I cannot yeah. wait to see it. You know, yeah, me neither. So does that mean you guys are coming to Cleveland next year for the draft? Right. Well, I mean, if I can make some time, I- I'd do it. <laughs> If we're not in a pandemic. Yeah, you know? I mean, if life's but not freaking being torn apart, yeah. You know, I have hope that this will be over before then, so it's fine. Yeah, and I, I had hoped the, the XFL is, would play in 2021. I think, right. I think the real question is, are you going to get us there? I mean, I'm going to do everything in my power to. I'm gonna, <laughs> I got some connections already I'm going to try to try to look into, and then I'm going to probably try to develop some more as we go along, so... You know, stay tuned. Maybe maybe I can get us in. You know, yeah, Who man. Where are, we, where are we meeting you on the toll road? Can I <laughs> can I park at one of the stops and you just pick me up? <laughs> I mean, that, that. They, they they won't tell you if it's like that. I don't think. Um, but I mean, I if mean, you want to drive all the way to Cleveland itself, you know, right now if you have places outside the city that you can stay, that you know. Oh yeah, I mean, if we're being fair, dude, I wouldn't even I wouldn't drive up to the toll road. I <laughs> I mean, here in Indianapolis, I'll just take like I sixty nine and then jump over somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Like I'd do it. I'd, I'd go there in heartbeat for that. That's close enough for me. You know, I'm not going to, I mean, I can wait it out for Indianapolis, but like, yeah, shoot, I'd, I'd meet up with buddies and do that. Yeah. Plus Cleveland is a phenomenal city. I mean, I haven't gotten a chance to take Mike around the city because a lot of times when we've been out there, you know, it's either been cold or, uh, we went oh, to a yeah. 14 inning base baseball game and, uh, you know, things oh, yeah. just didn't work out that way, but, uh, it's definitely yeah, going through its renaissance. So, uh, you guys definitely sure, need to sure. come check it out. Lovely. And like, that's, that's a, you know, and it's going to be a good mark next year. I mean, if they, everything clears up like Cleveland, you know, they need a win at least football wise. So <laughs> why not get the draft, you know, and maybe hopefully they get a winning season, eight and eight, nine and seven, hopefully <laughs> I imagine they'll do better <laughs> than that. But like just something, something that's an upbeat mark, you know, that the NFL draft right. prize would be great to have that you know, just to celebrate any of the culture the Browns have for their football history. So, ah, uh, I, I can't wait till all this is passed because this virtual draft is kind of, as much as it's still going on, it's going to be kind of a buzzkill for me. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just not the same. So hopefully next year in Cleveland, they'll put on a show for me and you guys and everyone else that's an NFL fan that just wants to get back to what we call the good old days for crying out <laughs> loud. I mean, I'm serious, man. Can we, we just got to get back to that. I'm not kidding you. but. We'll take our time and figure it all out. That's what we're in right now. Uh, you know, speaking of com- speaking of some conversation, you know, uh, will this work out? Will this not work out for a virtual draft? You know, we've had plenty of, of course, discussion with how picks will work out. And in particular, something that gets brought up a lot is the quarterback conversation. There's a lot of good quarterbacks in this draft. Uh, as of the last few weeks, there's been arguably four quarterbacks that could go up in the first round at least uh, three that I would say are guaranteed one. That's a wild card, but would most likely go in the second round. Uh, but one discussion in particular with those QBs, you know, Joe Burrow is, 
he's the pinnacle. Uh, most draft boards, he'll go first. It, at least that's what we're expecting. But the second and third choices are, well, you have Justin Herbert and Tua. I'm not going to pronounce the last name because I've messed up too many times and I don't want to sound like a fool. Tunga uh, Is that how it is? It is, is how it is. I had to look it up. Really? Yep, it's Tunga I was, that was like I know Tag- Tagovila or something like that. I don't know. That's I mean, how I usually pronounce it. That is usually yeah. how I say it. <laughs> I know, it's, I know really it's really weird. Hawaiian. It's Hawaiian Samoan cultured. I just can never say it right. I know. I was, I was flabbergasted at how you say it. I'm like, where's the U in that anywhere? <laughs> it's I'm like not, uh, yeah. Mike Shishovsky, who's you know his name starts with a K, like KRZ. So, right, right. <laughs> I just think I think back to I think back to football for crying out crying out loud or line coach you know they didn't no one calls me kyle man they call me killer because it was just pr- unannounced that way yep yeah i mean yeah. at least you didn't get, get combined with uh uh what's his name oh kyle, kyle trowbridge yeah yeah so, oh. i got senior bridge yeah we so. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> should got uh, a, i got a good name man i i mean i've, I've embraced it at this point but I mean, at least you got one where it's Killerman, and the, you know other teams hear that across the side. I'm like, all right, that guy's a badass. Oh no, <laughs> I, I I was great. I was fine with it. It just it's the exact same thing where I'm like, where's the R? <laughs> you know, like okay, you ignore the E, but like, where the hell's the R in my name? <laughs> do you not have like? Do you have a brochure from a game? It's <laughs> <silent>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, thanks to Coaster Jenny, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, to his name, it's so hard for me to pronounce. But here's the thing, guys: Justin Herbert and Tua, they're the two guys right now. That's the big debate on who does Miami or Los Angeles take, or you know. Who goes first, at least? Because even some mock drafts, they don't even have Tua going or Herbert going to Miami or Los Angeles. They have, they have Tua. Some drafts have Tua falling even outside the top ten, like to the Los to the Las Vegas Raiders. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, there's there's some options. I mean, one guy has health issues, but has been in two national championships and looks like he can command the field very well. The other is mostly a natural freak and has had an excellent combine senior bowl you name it he's done it uh my question for you guys is who's the choice that goes second go ahead mike uh i'm saying tua okay uh i think he i think he uh not only does he have all the uh the accolades that he had at college uh at alabama uh he has a crazy release. It's he's just different in general. He's obviously not your he, your stereotypical <clears throat> quarterback. Excuse me. Um, he's six foot two seventeen. He's really small, but not saying that small quarterbacks are not con- not good in the NFL, uh, especially left handed quarterbacks. But uh, he he has a quick release and he throws with elite accuracy. And he can do it at all levels of the field. And not to mention, he's also uh, a rushing quarterback, which which we're kind of seeing in the NFL nowadays. It's almost like the stereotypical pocket passer is uh, not dead, but is the kind of growing away from it. And um, 
I think he would, I don't, I don't see why other than his health issues, which it's been claimed that he is healthy a hundred percent and he's ready to prove the doubters wrong. And I think it's a, I think it's a great story. I think he can, he can do it. So why not him? And I think the team that will scoop him up and believe in him from the start is uh, Miami. Really? I, I believe that their tank for Tua paid off and the teams that are before Miami will uh, not believe in him as much because of the, the hip injury. So that's who I got going second. Okay. That's fair. I'm going to wait on mine because I, I'm going to, I'm curious what Tony has to say on this. Cause I'm, I, I am different than you, Michael, but I, Tony, you go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so I'm actually going with Justin Herbert. Um, just because, I mean, we've heard a lot of both of these two the last two years. Um, and just watching Herbert's stats go up. I mean, anybody to me can kind of be successful in Alabama. Um, Saban is a, he's the Bill Belichick of college football. Um, Tua also, you know, when he got hurt, was easily replaced by Jalen Hurts, uh, what, two years ago? Um, I I think Oregon doesn't have that much success without Justin Herbert, um, personally. So I I think that, and I don't hear a lot of, like, big-name wide receivers uh, coming out of Oregon. Um, I mean, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. You guys can call me an idiot on that one, just because I haven't really done a deep dive into their wide receiver core. Um, But... If he's being able to increase his, his completion percentage like he did last year, he went up from 59.4% in 2018 to 66.8 in 2019. So that, that jump alone to me just says that this guy is getting ready to, no matter who's he, who he's got with him, he can sling the ball, he can do what he can. He, you know, it's it's going to be a little bit tougher with him, you know, not being as, you know, a, more of a mobile quarterback. But I could see... Miami going with that type of that type of quarterback that just seems to be their mo though too because I mean if you look at Tannehill Tannehill wasn't really much of a rushing quarterback while he was there and he was definitely underutilized so mm-hmm. if they if they utilize Justin Herbert well I think I think he'll be I still think he'll be the second quarterback off the board he's my number two he's got really good arm strength too he I remember seeing him throw it at the combine he I. It just reminded me of Patrick Mahomes, how he can throw that far. Not saying he is Mahomes, but he he can throw it far. Very, very, very far. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, he's got the strength. I, he actually is pretty mobile, too. That's something that I think is getting underrated by for Herbert as well. Uh, and, you know, that's more of the bigger reason why I like him. Uh, he just seems to have a few more prototypical quarterbacking at least skill sets behind him uh i do got to give props so like i said two has been in some much bigger scenarios in his college mm-hmm. career so if you want a guy that's been some been in some proven situations much like how when deshaun watson was coming out of college and you know that was his biggest caveat as well as his mobility i'd take him as well um the hip scares me however I will admit that I have read everything that I've seen about his hip injury compared to say like Bo Jackson, which Bo Jackson, if any of you guys remember, he basically had his career end because he popped his hip back in place on the playing field, his blood vessels. Then uh, I believe it, I believe he bled or it was some, some sort of effect from bleeding or internal bleeding that 
didn't quite work. It didn't allow his hip to completely recover as well from the dislocation. Uh, this one, in this case, they took him to and actually medically treated him at a hospital. So his recovery should be fine. Um, that being said, though, still a little wary. Um, and with Herbert at least having a more filled resume at this point, and, and the fact that he took an extra year to go into the draft as well, uh, it's the only reasons really I can see going above Tua. You know, if someone drafts Tua over Herbert, I have no problem with it. But, you know, I still think that there is that extra experience that I lean into that I think sometimes gets for gets underrated when quarterbacks decide to come out their senior year instead of their junior year. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I definitely, I don't know which, well, I do know which team according to my mock, but you know, wherever these guys go, I think they can both be equally successful. I, you know, both their stats hold up, their athleticism definitely holds up. Um, And I don't, I mean, I could see all three of these QBs possibly making a new generation, like an 04 generation of quarterbacks, mm-hmm. you know, where That's what we, I have a ben, we have a Ben Roethlisberger, Eli, and Philip Rivers come out, and all three of them are studs, and they basically make this legendary draft class for Cincinnati, uh, for me, Miami, and Los Angeles, the Chargers, that is. But, you know, or it could be completely different. That's the beauty of the draft. But I think of that, in this case, as being possible with those three. I just think they're all really good talents. Two has got to get over the stigma of his hip injury, though. That's the only problem. Mm-hmm. But it, I, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely see that. I definitely see this as Herbert slightly above Tua in my my choices. And you know what? Might as well while we're at it, let's just segue into this. So we 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 discussed this earlier in the week for those listening that we were going to do some sort of mock draft element. Michael is definitely more of the draft-centric person. We have established that. However, <laughs> uh, me and Tony kind of talked with Michael here, and we discussed, and I came, uh, I came with the idea of let's just do a top 10, mainly because even in the first round, the top 10 picks are usually the cream of the cream of the crop. So with that being said, we also decided we're going to list off our positions, like who we picked at that position at the same time and then move down the line. So might as well go. Number one, I don't know if we're able to all say this in unanimous timing and we're all in agreement, but um, did anyone else not pick Joe Burrow? No. No. Okay, so we can just move on from there. That, <laughs> that answers the question. I don't, I don't need to dive into that. We know, we know what he has. He is... Right. He is the ultimate type of playmaking, uh, in-the-moment decision-maker that can have touch passes down the field. Excellent guy for Cincinnati. Cincinnati needs a quarterback. They're going to move on from Andy Dalton moving forward. All right, number two. Might have a little bit of variance, but I'm going to just ask this again. Did anyone not pick Chase Young? No. No. God darn it. Okay, (laughs) moving on from there. Did anyone have a different choice uh, well, you know, and I'm not going to reveal it. Number three is going to be a wild card. I know, I know a lot of drafts have been like that. So I'm going to at least give everyone a chance to explain this. Uh, Tony, you go ahead. Who do you have at number three? Are the Lions trading? Are the Lions going to stay at that pick? And who do they pick? All right. So since the Lions went ahead and shipped out Darius Slade to the Philadelphia Eagles for, with a third pick in the NFL draft, the Detroit Lions are going to suggest 
uh, select Jeff Okuda out of the Ohio State University. Mm-mm, yeah. Got to fill that role that uh, Slay left behind. And uh, Jeff Okuda, after watching a couple of seasons now of Ohio State football, um, especially living out in Cleveland, guy's good. Uh, he's, he's definitely my, my number three. Yeah, dude, dude's a great talent. I like that choice. Um, not going to lie, that is who I have at three as well. Um, and the, the Lions have some flexibility. They have a few other options that they could really address at that spot that w- I wouldn't mind seeing go higher up at three. But Okuda's athleticism and how much of a lockdown corner he is where he sticks to you like glue, that was what really impressed me on some of the film I was mm-hmm. watching earlier this week. Um, <clears throat> his athleticism and just his his uh, hand-eye coordination when looking for the ball, fantastic. I think it was against Maryland. He had some he had some falling down interception that was tipped, and he just miraculously caught it uh, that I saw on a highlight reel. And I just was amazed at how well he can have how he can have body control like that. Uh, and that's the type of stuff that makes for all pro type of cornerbacks. Definitely can see him going number three, and especially since Desmond Trufant's on the back end of a career at this point. I'm not saying he's not a de facto number one, but he should be more of a complimentary cornerback rather than the number one island cornerback. So pretty good pick. Michael, do you have something different? Did, are we all just going to be in agreement here on the first three? Yeah, I, I picked the same thing. Uh, <laughs> I did, yeah. Um, but I can see uh, Miami trading up. I don't like to talk about trades because it's so unrealistic. You never know what team's going to trade and what's not. Yeah, but I can, but I can see, uh, I can see Detroit uh, having some phone calls with Miami because I'm sure uh, Miami would love to trade up and get to it just in case uh, for whatever reason. But uh, I think he'll still be there at five for them. But uh, yeah, Jeff Kuda, he, like you said, he sticks like glue. He's very sticky receiver. He, he reminds me of uh, Jalen Ramsey when he first came out of college. Like he just mm-hmm. had that hype about had that hype about him, and uh, pairing him with Trufant, who just got let go by Atlanta, uh, it it's just an ideal situation. I think for them, they're I I think longevity wise, I think Jeff Okuda is the best the best player in this draft, mm-hmm. and I, I think he's I think he's a he's day one starter. You plug him in, he's gonna be there for at least a rookie contract, if not an extension after that. And uh, he's he's just everything you need in a corner. That's plain and simple. Yeah, and you know, I got to mention this too, because I don't, everyone I think is in agreement at how poorly the Darius Slay trade was handled, or at least how he exited Detroit. But when you look at the guy's record, you know, Slay is a great corner. He's had some health issues over the last several seasons where he's been knocked out for a few games at a time. Uh, so you get True Font in there. Yeah, he's not an upgrade from Slay. But if you draft Okuda, I would say generally that balances out the secondary at that point. And you can mm-hmm. then, of course, concentrate on either defensive tackle spot or other linebacking core positions. You know, I mean, honestly, there's been a few dra- mock drafts I've seen, and I almost decided to go with Derek Brown for this case at three just for how much they could use somebody in the middle since they let go of Snacks Harrison. But uh, Okuda is just hard to pass up on. It's just like Chase Young, you know, or even Joe Burrow. That's your next available. It's kind yep. of hard to let him move on down the line. 
unless you go for quarterback, which if they wanted to say, try and trade Matthew Stafford or something, they could, but I mean, that would be pretty hard pill to swallow for Detroit fans to just see him walk out the door at 31. So, you know, I like, I like Okuda there. Number four, I, I am pretty sure this is going to be different for all of us. Uh, I would hope. Uh, I'm not saying it's bad that we all are choosing the same picks, but um, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm curious what the discussion will be here. Um, tell you what, I'll kick this off. I have Jedrick Willis at going to New York. Um, Alabama offensive tackle. Watched a lot of film on him today, uh, as well as his counterpart, Whiffs, over in Iowa. Uh, they're, those two are heavily compared. Uh, but, you know, for me, Willis, he is. I love he is one one of those tackles. I would say his his style of play when it comes to how well his technique is played out on the field. Uh, you know where he's a tackle, so he has to sh- he has to do the basically a lineman shuffle to get back and get ready to attack a uh, defensive end. You know he doesn't he his ne- his stance is never narrow. It's always perfectly widened out, so you always have more of a stable body on the field. He never tries to overreach. His hands are always in a position to where he knows when to punch without losing his balance. The guy is pretty smart for a offensive tackle. I really like him. I think he'll go number four. The Giants could really use somebody to anchor that line for Daniel Jones and for Saquon Barkley because uh, Nate Solder is really expensive. He didn't do – he was all right last year, but my everything I've read is he underperformed his contract, and they could really use somebody to help anchor that line a lot better than Nate Solder. So with that, I got to go with Willis. Uh, unless you choose someone like Wilfs, but even then I think Wilfs is too high for a choice at number four. So I got, I got to go with Willis for this choice. I would agree. Uh, that's who, that's actually who I had as well. I think he's the best offensive lineman in this draft that, uh, everyone is just amazed by, uh, he, like you said, with Daniel Jones, he's, He's definitely going to keep him upright, uh, solidify the right side of the Giants' O-line. Uh, so Daniel Jones can have a few more seconds to make a play or two. Yeah, and he needed it last year. That was that was something Jones never got. His, it always right. seemed like he was under pressure. You know, and it, the typical, typical rookie, welcome to the NFL type of year when you're drafted for a team like the Giants, you know. You just – you don't expect to get good blocking. So – you know, someone like Willis will definitely give him a better shot at producing, and it'll give a chance for Saquon Barkley to re- rebound after was what was kind of a lost season last year for him mm-hmm. too. Yeah, you know, I, was just I mean, about th- to mention that. Yeah, and they they do need they need just production. That's the thing. I mean, you got Golden Tate on the, on that team, Sterling Shepard. So you know, you got to give Daniel Jones a little time to throw those guys. Even Evan Ingram, crying out loud, mm-hmm. you know, great mm-hmm. tight end. You know, if he stays healthy. That's the thing. Right. Uh, Tony, who did you have for four, man? So I'm actually differing with you guys because I did think about uh, I did think about Willis uh, just because of the fact that, you know, the Giants do need that help. Or Willis, sorry, not Willis, Wills. Um, <laughs> sorry, got too many names mixed in my head. Um, but they, they definitely need offensive line help. I mean, Saquon Barkley is arguably one of the best running backs in the game. Um Needs needs that time. Daniel Jones still is developing, but definitely, obviously, with any quarterback, you need time. But uh, to me, one thing I noticed about the Giants was uh, they also need defensive line help. Um, yes, they do. 
So with this, I went with Derek Brown at the number four pick. He's Man, I like Derek Brown. He's the best best available defensive tackle in the draft right there. And I think if he mm-hmm. goes number four to the Giants, that's huge for them. Yeah, man, I, I really like Derek Brown. I see a lot of Akeem Hicks in Derek Brown's play. You know, takes up two linemen easily inside, but you know, his upper body strength his upper and lower body strength is ridiculous and off the charts. Um, great run stuffer too. You know, guy's got a guy guy's got possibly even more of a motor than Akeem Hicks for me. So I, I like that pick a lot. And they need it. You know, they really need it. Or linebacker help. I, I've seen a few drafts with Isaiah Simmons, so I'm curious where you guys yes. put him because that dude, besides Derek Brown, Isaiah Simmons is arguably my favorite defensive player in this draft just for how much of a hybrid player he can play. Mm-hmm. I mean, this dude's playing safety mm-hmm. or linebacker or edge rusher at any given time in Clemson. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he will go high. I'll, I have him later in the draft here, and I'll tell you where, but – I mean, if um, he wants to slide down to, you know, the 18th pick and go to the Cowboys, I wouldn't be mad. Yeah, I mean, that'd be nice. <laughs> I don't have him sliding to that. No, but, definitely not. You know, you know I, speaking of that, Tony, I'll give you a hint. You might not like who he goes to in my mock later on. Is I have a feeling I know exactly what you're talking about, but, you know, it's fine. All right. Well, <laughs> you'll, you'll see. You'll see. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> you, you'll have to wait. We got to get through five. Uh, yeah, that's right. Which number five? This is where the Herb, the Herbert conversation comes. I have just we're going to Miami. Uh, just basically take all the talk that we had in our earlier conversation with him and Tua, and put it into this section. You know the athletic ability, the arm strength, all of the experience from Oregon is there, and you know the athleticism's there too. Uh, I just think you, you know, for me, you just need to. Get him in a more of a volatile situation. In Oregon, it seems that he wasn't given much of a chance to get into more prolific bowl games. So, you know, if that's uh, what's needed, then hopefully Miami can deliver. But that's who I would want to go. Um, I got a feeling I know what Michael's going to have a choice that's different, but that's who I want in Miami. So, Michael, who do you want in Miami? Yeah, I said it earlier to a tongue of Iowa. There and, you go. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, all the tanking for Tua definitely paid off because everyone else above them has their clear locks at what they're um, gonna solidify for their team, and I just it just seems natural to see him in them colors too. I don't know why, but uh, yeah, I think he'll he'll do really well with Miami because they have a bunch of picks they can surround him with too. So. Yeah, they got three in the first round for crying out loud. I know they're going to be stock. They're either going to be stocking up on these first rounders. They're going to at least trade back and get even more. Like this team's going to be really young come training camp. Yeah. Plus Devontae Parker's extension and his reemergence last season. Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, no kidding, no kidding. He Mm -hmm. he won himself a good contract coming up here, just working with Fitzpatrick like that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. very underrated. Very underrated. Yeah, no doubt about it. That that dude has the has the intangibles. I think they found a coaching situation where they were able to get the best out of him. That's something that is right. sometimes common with certain with players like Parker. You know, some coaches just bring the best out of their players. I guess Brian Flores might have done that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, Tony, do you who you, who you landed on this side? Is it even a quarterback? You know, do they do they trade. What what's Miami doing? 
I think Miami's uh, going Justin Herbert. I think they def- desperately need a quarterback. And, I mean, again, like you said earlier, Miami and the Char- and uh, Los Angeles Chargers, they're, you know, they could flip these two picks that, you know, that we have that we're probably all going to kind of say what we have for six. But, you know, I think they're going to go quarterback. They need it. I just – I don't see them going any other position right there. They're going to take where they can solidify that quarterback, make sure they have that, that solid number one because they haven't had that really in a few years. I mean, Tannehill was hurt while he was there. Fitzpatrick was, you know, an experiment. He was kind of up and down. So I think that they're definitely going quarterback, um, whether it's Justin Herbert or Tua. You know, we'll, we'll find out in nine days. But, you know, if, if I'm Miami, I would prefer – Justin Herbert, but that's just me. Hey, I get you. It's a big reason why it's a conversation because they're kind of, like I said, they're the number two choice, you know? And again, Burrow is going to, is to most of us going to be that de facto numero uno. He won that. He showed us that last season in, in his stint with LSU. So, you know, number two is always going to be this case now. And this is why we have this discussion. Uh, I just, for some reason, I thought of this guy, like you were mentioning starting quarterbacks, Tony. Does anyone remember Dante Culpepper being a Miami Dolphin? No. No. <laughs> because he was. I don't know why that came up, but he, he, that was like one of his stints after Minnesota. As he went out there. So, fun uh, fact. Once fun he fact. left Minnesota, I kind of lost track of him. Yeah, that's fair. He wasn't really much outside of Minnesota. So, I get it. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, he went to Miami at one point. Fun little fact. Uh, Number six, which this might fall along the lines of us switching out these picks because I'm going with Tua here. Uh, I don't see Tyrod Taylor being the starter at the beginning of the season. Not because I don't like Tyrod Taylor. I liked him in Buffalo. I actually was rooting for him. I was hoping he'd get a contract before they got Josh Allen. But you're moving into a new stadium, SoFi Stadium, or at least hopefully you are. Who knows? how close they'll be to construction by then, you're moving to a new stadium, at least for 2020. You're going to try and start the season with Tyrod Taylor for a team that already isn't liked in LA and needs something to spark that fan base in LA. I was hoping they get Tom Brady. They didn't. They lost on that (laughs) arrangement. So you have to get something. Grabbing Tua here, who is arguably the second most recognizable player name in this draft, I think sparks that interest enough to get more tickets that are at least LA Chargers fans. They'll sell tickets to teams in California because California fan NFL fans, there's all kinds of them out there as we've seen with games, but having someone that's Tua out there, I think will spark a chance for more Chargers fans filling that stadium. Otherwise it's going to look ugly if they don't get a QB here. Uh, but I think they, they leave the draft at least with quarterback. I think Tua is their guy at six uh we'll continue the rotation michael who do you got here at six so i agree with what you're saying on certain aspects i understand i understand the uh trying to get fans into the stadium and if the stadium decides it's going to be finished by then but uh i have isaiah simmons going to the chargers oh i didn't see this coming Ooh, right I didn't either. Um, (laughs) uh, But, I mean, it kind of makes sense. I think there's still time. There's still a lot of time before the start of the season. 
there's still plenty of options at quarterback. There's Cam Newton. They could still make a move for Cam, even sure. though even though Tyrod Taylor is still there, he's still a solid quarterback. He's he's proved it before, like you said in Buffalo. And I think I think that would be a good combo of having Cam and Tyrod Taylor in the fold there. And it would bring uh, more fans to the stadium too, because Cam's a household name. And um, yeah, but moving to Isaiah Simmons, I think that would he's the best player available uh, at this point in the draft. And why not take a player who reminds me a lot of Luke Keekley, uh, other than him switching or playing multiple positions, he's got a knack for getting to the ball. He's always at the ball, always making tackles for losses. And, uh, I just was picturing it actually putting him in that defense with that really good, really good secondary and yes. then the the defensive line that they just acquired Limbaugh Joseph as well with pairing with Joey Bosa and just imagine that defense how much it's going to be a little bit harder for the Chiefs to win the division now so yeah, that's what that's who I have I think he's going to be a really good starter for them immediately plug and play and he's going to be like I said with uh, Jeff Akuda, I think he will be there for a good amount of time, and he's going to earn a nice little payday eventually if he can stay healthy. True, true. <laughs> any any fair question with a NFL with an NFL player or anyone with an injury history? But man, you're bringing up a good point, though. I mean, if you grab Simmons, who again he he was playing basically a hybrid safety linebacker role. I call it the like the Dion Buchanan role, or like. Even if mm-hmm. you put like even like how Ty even like how Tyron Matthew plays, where he they just kind of line him up anywhere and he'll go after of the ball or he'll read the situation correctly. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of how he's his play style is, except he's extremely tall and lengthy. Uh you know, you put him with Derwin James and Jason Verrett oh, yeah. out there in Los Angeles. I mean, that's that's a very potent, yeah, Chris Harris. I, Jesus I, yeah. Chris Harris. I know. Just you know, think of we, that we, defense. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, it's already good. Now it's going to be even better if they get one of the best players in the draft. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Wow. The other op, the other way you bring in fans win football games. So that, that could be the way you do it. And your point too, Cam Newton's a recognizable name. He's on a, basically a comeback tour right now. You know, maybe, you know, he's going to obviously wait out the draft. You know, if he's still there, the chargers can come knocking. He can do like a one, like a two year prove it deal with a one year opt out. You know, yep. so yeah, you're right. Why not? I mean, <laughs> boost that defense, just uh, figure stuff out with Tyrod or Cam and have at it. Why not? Right. I, you know, yeah. That's yeah. And to that point, too, I mean, even if they don't get Cam, I mean, they have the, I just looked it up, they have the fifth pick in the second round. So they could easily, if there were still quarterbacks available, I mean, I don't, I don't see Jalen Hurts going off the board in round one. Um, could easily steal Jalen Hurts in round two and throw him in there. Um, give them a different option as well. So yeah, I definitely like that pick a lot, Mike. For sure. Yeah, no, that was a really good one. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, I mean, there, Hurts is Hurts will be interesting for me to watch as you're bringing up Tony. Cause I, I, I don't know how far he'll slide back. Cause I think people just judge on his play style. So 
you know, I haven't heard too much about him in this case yet, but like, you know, that's a person you could fall back on. Maybe, you know, why not? Why not take a shot? He was excellent in Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, why, why not give and him a Alabama. chance? And he was and great in Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. And in Alabama. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, his numbers at Oklahoma were staggering to start the season. So he just sticks out to me better there, but I get it. You know, he came in, you know, won a national championship <laughs> or, uh, uh, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Yeah. You know what I mean. Words. We got you. I got I to gotta speak. Uh, Tony, <laughs> uh, I'm curious, you know, then are you, you with me? Yeah. Are you on the defensive track for pick number six? Or are you going to go and throw a wild card into this whole shebang? <sighs> no, I feel like I should throw a wild card into this whole thing. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm on, I'm on the quarterback side. Um, I don't know. To me, to me, it always seems the way I've watched teams, draft they've usually drafted their where they think the highest need is at the at the initial time um so front offices could think okay well we're pretty we're pretty solid defensively um you know adding adding isaiah simmons would be a would be a great one i mean especially with him being the um versatile player that he is um but i just i just think that they're looking at it like all right well we need a quarterback and we don't want to miss out on getting one of those big name guys who have proven college records um, to kind of go either go after Jalen Hurts, which still wouldn't be bad um, or, you know, be stuck with another kind of subpar quarterback that they kind of lose out on. I'm not the biggest Cam Newton, Cam Newton fan. Um, I think he definitely needs a prove it deal and his injury history speaks for it. Um, So I I would say quarterback and go with Tua here. Yeah. Fair enough. That is one of the most common. Si- yeah, Simmons is uh, again bringing it up. That's that is a that is a throw in there because he also can make an argument for that top spot. But you know, uh, yeah, like Tony's mentioning, like I'm mentioning, you know, this is the whole Herbert to a situation where next best available. You know, take either or. They're both there. You're probably going to get a good prospect either way, just for how good this quarterback class is anyway. So it's not wrong to choose those pieces either number seven carolina carolina i'm just going to say right now a lot of defensive needs with a lot of the retirements or losses in free agency so you know i i wouldn't be shocked if you guys have defensive picks i definitely have one i'm going Derek brown here instead uh i want i would like him to anchor the middle of that defense Dontari poe was doing that but again i like brown just for the fact that he reminds me a lot of Hakeem hicks he can take up two guys, but also can break through to get a sack every once in a while. Except I think Brown has more of a motor than Akeem Hicks and is more capable of continuing to go for the ball. He doesn't take any off plays, so to speak. Uh, so I like him for just all those aspects in general. He was a force at Auburn. Uh, and I think he continues to be a force as the Panthers rebuild under Matt Rule. Yeah. Uh so I also have Derek Brown going to the Panthers as well. Um, like you said, with the they were just decimated with retirement and free agent free agent uh, losses. Uh, but I think he's he's young. He's he he's a force. It's pretty much just everything you just said. He's he's just gonna start that new foundation on the line, which is what they need and. It's, it, I think it's a good piece. It's a good start, and uh, they can build around him. Obviously, the um, I I had either if Simmons is still on the board at this point, you you definitely take Simmons. 
because he, him being there, he's immediately going to replace Luke Keekley, and he could be even better than Keekley. But I mean, if he's if he's not there, then this is definitely the best available for him to go. It's it's simple as that. Yeah, I I mean he's he's a stud. If he's at that point, you got to take him. I agree. You know, he definitely stands out as the de facto best pick at that point. And again, he mm-hmm. he's just he's just a mauler, dude. Dude is such a is such a massive guy in the middle, but he also is able to beat you off the ball too. You know, not like Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's pretty thin for a defensive tackle, but like I said, the guy's like Akeem Hicks, where he can you know continuously make a play or can surprise you with his speed at times off the line. So. That's kind of I think what well, I think similar situation or thinking right here between us, uh, Tony. Who you got at six or bleh, seven, man? Yeah, I've got Isaiah Simmons on the board here. Um, mm. Clemson guy, staying in the Carolinas, gonna just destroy the NFC South hey, offensive hey, lineman. Hey. <laughs> Let's be nice. I knew, I knew that would get your attention, um, <laughs> but he, he's just—he's really good. Like I don't know his multiple positions. I mean, how do you, how do you game plan for that? You put a guy in there that yeah, he's listed as a linebacker, but he's out there playing safety or he's out there playing edge. Like I mean, edge and linebacker, outside linebackers are kind of you know tit for tat at this point. They they kind of are interchangeable because of the way some schemes are run. Um, some people will draft a linebacker to put him at defensive end instead of drafting an actual defensive end. Um, but with him being just, you know, as versatile, you can't can't game plan for that. He's going to be all over the field. He's going to be that Luke Keekley. He's going to be that uh, Leighton Vander Esch. He's going to be that Jalen Smith. Man, he's going to be that Brian Erlacher just smacking you in the teeth every play. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought of him when I was watching his game footage earlier this week because I had to take a double take of what position he was playing because the title card for the video said linebacker. And so I'm watching the footage and I'm looking for this guy. It wasn't the footage wasn't marking him on the field. So I'm assuming where he's at. And every time it would be a new play, he wouldn't line up at a typical linebacker spot. One time he'd line up at say like a strong side linebacker. Next play he'd be almost to the almost to the strong safety position and then he would just run up on the line and like look for like either a uh, underneath slanting receiver or tight end to nail or next moment he'd be on an edge. So, you know, the speed and length he's got is impeccable. Definitely a modern NFL player. Uh, and if he's there, you take him. I agree as well. Uh, you know, Derek, Tom, Derek Brown, like me and Mike were saying, though, guys, guys, dominant guys going to yeah. be there, too, I think. You know, there's for me, there's too many other players or needs at that point ahead of him to where he will fall to Carolina and Carolina's got to bounce on getting their line back together and get their defense in some form to normalcy after their mm-hmm. offseason. Because, I mean, they they got ravaged with either losses in free agency or Keekly retiring. I mean, it was it's been rough for them, you know, and then you got like, oh, Cam, you know, fans are reeling from that, too. You lost two of your legends in one offseason with Cam and Keekly out there. So. Mm-hmm. that's a shame but they're gonna have to rebuild and they'll figure it out obviously it's a rebuild team for carolina anyway so teddy bridgewater and company will have their own challenges and you know Derek brown or isaiah simmons are a good way of doing that number mm-hmm. eight this is where i have simmons but 
here's my little uh my little i would say twist to it i'm gonna throw a trade in here i know it's it's not ideal or realistic like michael said but i'm gonna say philadelphia howie roseman jumps up to eight and grabs isaiah simmons for their secondary because Howie's ready for a win-now situation again. That's a way of doing it. You get a hybrid safety linebacker in there to help reinforce the secondary and a weak linebacking core. How's that sound, Tony? Yeah, he was definitely right. I wasn't going to like this where he landed. <laughs> yep. Crazy Howie, man. He's going to make it. I'm telling you right now. Arizona's going to look at this and they'll say, you know, give or take, we can maybe pick up a, an old offensive tackle, but we also will likely pick him up later in the draft at 18. So yeah. why not just pull back and get some resources from what Howie acquired in the offseason? And see, I, I, I see where you're coming from for that. Um, but see, here's here's where I'm wondering. Like, So that's the eighth pick, and Philadelphia would be jumping up from 21. That's a huge oh, flip. I, I misheard that. Who? <laughs> I swore someone said 18. Never mind. But no, even the, then, I still no, hold that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the Dolphins are at 18. So 21 is where the Eagles have their first um have their first pick they could trade up but i i see the biggest glaring hole with with philadelphia not only the, i mean there's a lot of glaring holes in philadelphia um but i could i could see them going going wide receiver instead as as the eagles would do because they kind of need to get some younger and some better guys agalhor is gone uh jeffrey is injury prone and you know getting up there in years they need some of these these younger wide receivers to uh to kind of step in and fill those spots. I mean, cause look at how many receivers they had injured last year and uh, you know, they just kept going through them and the ones that the next man up wasn't, you know, really that great. So I definitely see where you're coming from. I definitely don't like that idea. Um, the last thing I want to see is Isaiah Simmons twice a year and chase young twice a year. So no thanks. <laughs> uh, but see, come on. You don't want to see Greg Ward step on the field and, Get get some uh get some action again for Philadelphia. <laughs> no, I'm, and I'm then pro- I I even brought up having Derek Brown in in uh, uh New York. So I you know no 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 I'm good. No. <laughs> I'm good. Fair enough. Fair I don't enough. want the NFC East to be too competitive to where I'm sitting there at like four and twelve, just well, hating my life. Right. Well, lucky for you, this isn't as realistic as what as maybe the other seven. <laughs> But crazy Howie, man, he'll do anything. <laughs> if he wants it, he'll do it. He'll jump up. I'm telling you right now. I'm going to stick with that. Yeah, and Doug will enable him. So <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So okay, I'm, I'll switch it. Tony, you, you already were giving me analysis. Who, who do you have? At, who do you have at eight then? Um, I'm assuming Arizona gets someone instead of you know giving away their eighth spot. So my biggest note of notice for Arizona's issues have kind of been, I don't know if it's been mainly due to the fact that uh, David Johnson just is like not as good as he was in the, like what, in two years. Like um, I think this is where they need to protect Kyler Murray. They need to open up more holes for Kenyon Drake. I'm going with Tristan Wirfs out of the university of Iowa. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Left at hole. Who can slide over and play guard? Give me it all day. Dude is an athletic freak in nature from everything I've seen. Uh, 
Guy's got a lot of uh, good intangibles from what I not only saw on his tape, but combine wise too. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he had a lot of good traits for alignment, especially if you can transition him to guard, which, you know, so looking at some of the tape, I actually would rather put him at guard, to be mm-hmm. frank. I mean, I kind of think is speedy. He is speedy. Yeah. Um, some of the stuff I watched on analysis of his game, his stance at tackle, he he usually goes to eventually one of his steps is very narrow. So he kind of puts himself in compromising positions a little too often. Um, you know, guard, you do have to, of course, get like pass protection wise, you do have to get back, but it's less of that giant step to keep up with an end. And obviously he has the speed and the size to dominate for that for any poles or run plays. I mean, I wouldn't mind taking him there. I, I like that. You know, that was something else that I was considering for Arizona as well, you know, because Kyler Murray was the third most sacked quarterback in the NFL last year. So whether it is based on him holding the ball too long or his line, he needs help. That is a good way of helping it out. So good choice. Well, he's got some he's got some help with DeAndre Hopkins, that's for sure. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. They, Arizona is Arizona's rocking it right now, man. You want mm-hmm. you want to talk about a team on the up and up, even in a NFC West that's crowded. That's oh, a yeah. team that's making moves right now for sure. Uh, Michael, who are you taking at eight, bud? I got worse as well. Um, just from the combine alone, he did exceptionally well in bench press and 40 right. time. 40 time was unreal for a oh, his 40 time was off the charts, man. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what it was, but my gosh, they, they were just floored. Out. They were, yeah, look it up because it that man can move. He was he was hauling, that's for sure. And I think everything that Tony was saying, it's totally true. They they definitely need to protect Kyler Murray and um, give some lanes for uh, Kenyon Drake to to do his thing. And uh, yeah, it, it'll just make even more opportunity for uh, DeAndre Hopkins to make ridiculous plays like he is known to do so yeah uh, i i don't see why worse isn't the answer it's not a pretty pick but it's a good pick and that's all that matters yeah dude's an athletic freak and again here's another here's why i would put him at guard and it deals with a 40 time you're in a 485 that's a lineman's My running God. for speed yeah. fastest that's- at the combine um dude dude can get can haul down the field and if you're at a guard spot, you're more likely to do that than at a tackle spot, if you ask me. So, mm-hmm. you know, especially for screen plays, you Sweeps. know, trap plays, you know, counters. I mean, you want you want someone with that speed and size downfield. I would take him and consider looking at how he performs in training camp at either spot and then making a call that way and doing it like that. Mm-hmm. Because that speed is hard to pass up on. You know, it's just that he's a more raw talent than Willis, which is why Willis, in our opinion, for most of us, is higher up. Because, you know, as, as a tackle, Willis it has the intangibles that already are there and knows how to play tackle without having to rely more on his talent. He has the mechanics. So that alone, I'd got to say Willis definitely can be more of a guard spot. I don't know. If, I mean, do you guys think he'd be better? At, do you guys rather see him at tackle? I don't really see where he guard. It's just he's with him being in t- kind of switching around. I would I would definitely do what you said in, in training. 
camp and kind of, you know, out of both positions just to see where he uh, kind of excels more at. But you always know that you can put him at guard. And then if, say, your tackle mm-hmm. goes down, you can you have, can easily slide him back out. Yeah, that's a, so that's I, I think having, just the versatility of it is just that that to me that that's important for a lineman because after watching you know my Cowboys for you know this many years that we've had a great line um we've had we've seen people go down we've seen the next man slide over and we've seen you know different people kind of move from center to tackle or something like that it's been weird um so I think the versatility of Worfs would make him a better guard and then if necessary keep him and then slide him down to tackle mm-hmm. nice nice all right, you know I love me some offensive linemen. So, hey, I'm with you, man. I'm I I'm the same way. You know, same boat. <laughs> you're crying out yep, loud. Definitely. I mean, you get you get a guy with some good technique and a dude that can pancake someone or you know just maul them out of submit into submission. I'm good with watching those type of films all day. I mean, I was having fun looking up some of these top linemen for this for this list. You know two of those that we have discussed another one that I have later on to end my mock at least, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm good with some, I'm good with watching some high quality offensive line talent, you know, handle their stuff. Uh, number nine, uh, again, you, you might not care for this prediction of mine, but <laughs> I'm doing another trade. I'm, I'm saying here, we're doing back to back trades this time. John Elway jumps up to number nine and he selects Jerry Judy to go with Cortland Sutton with Drew Locke. Oh, I think Jacksonville then moves Jacksonville moves back because they're looking for cornerback. Okuda's gone. CJ Henderson's still on the board. They move back, grab Henderson. Hmm. Yeah, because you know, if they don't do that. If Broncos don't do that, then I could see Jerry, Jerry Judy going to like the Raiders or the Jets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's it. That's an interesting trade. Yeah. I mean, I Denver don't hate can, that trade. Denver can stick with the secondary thing, or thing secondary pick later <laughs> on because I think Henderson will be available at that point. But Judy is arguably the best on the board. You can say mm-hmm. you can also put in Lamb at that position too if you wanted, but. I'm thinking if I'm if I'm Elway, okay, Sutton had had, you know, he had a solid year last year. He was definitely getting into his own. Drew Locke at the end of the season looked like he was the guy in Denver that you want to move forward with. Why not just fortify it? Get your get your tandem duo of young receivers out of the way with a court with a young quarterback and just have that established and then you know build your defense through the rest of the draft. Hey, those Alabama wide receivers are built different. I'm just saying. Yeah, rigs too. So I mean, why not? Mm-hmm. For sure. So yeah, I'm I'm sticking with a crazy trade. Um, Michael, hey, trades you can get... happen. Yeah, I mean they can. Uh, they can. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, so I might shock you with this one, but I have Justin Herbert going here to the Jags. Uh, okay. Obviously, they lost. Okay. Yep. I I hadn't used him yet. Y'all forgot <laughs> about it, but he's here. You're right. <laughs> Vanessa, so, congratulations. I did. Just a, just a little. Thank you. Thank you. So, obviously, the Jaguars parted ways with Nick Foles to stop Bears. And it, I think it's I think it's just, just sad. I know. I, I can just hear it in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad. I don't care. Right. 
<laughs> anyway, why? Right. So I can stop so, ignore, interrupting you. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Um, I just think it's, I just really think it's unclear about Garner Minshew and him being the long-term answer. Like, I mean, we had those few weeks of Minshew mania and uh, that whole look of him as quarterback and not saying that he's terrible or anything because he still has time to prove it, but why not give him a little bit of motivation and try to fight for his job? And I think Herbert would be a good fit for them. Uh, I mean, he's young and they wouldn't, they would get a, a really, a really good prospect at this spot. I mean, he fell all the way to nine and like you guys were saying earlier, he was projected to go in top five and for him to come all the way down to this spot. And, um, and they could possibly use one of their uh, other first-round picks on an offensive lineman later to help him, uh, so he can stay upright. So that's I got. I got all Herbie here at nine. <laughs> Herbie's a good choice. You know, I could see for that. Sure. Herbie yeah, fully I mean, loaded, man. He might make. That's a T-shirt right there. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. You were absolutely right. He would make. He would have a good T-shirt right there. Yep, I think so. <laughs> Minshew Mania versus Herbie Fully Loaded. Yeah, how would that how would that work? Like you got you had two like you have like two like uh, folk legends in Jacksonville duking it out for trade. <laughs> you know, do I wear a mustache? Do I get like a T-shirt with a car and Herbert's face on it? Yeah, right. I think at that point you would just have to uh, buy an old Volkswagen Beetle and keep that mustache going. I mean, might as well just go both. A mustache on the Beetle. Yeah, there we go. There we oh. go. Yeah, and fans aren't going to show up to the to the uh, stadiums and these decked out buses. No, no, no. They're coming in the the Beatles now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going. We're throwing it back to like the seventies. Let's go. Damn <laughs> right, man. I'll do it. Get you can get Beatles. We'll get the Volkswagen buses coming in, like those little yeah. those vans. I mean, they're not Beatles, but they are pretty much associated with them. Why not? Right. I like it. Why? I like the, Why not? I like the swagger. And yeah, I mean. In more serious tone, Michael, he is he is an upgrade over Minshew. That is for sure. That is for certain. So I, I like Gardner, but I felt like mm-hmm. he he just is more of a game manager with a little with a slight upside, kind of like Alex Smith or someone of that like. So mm-hmm. you know, you want to go for the whole nine yard? Why not go for a quarterback? Um, right. You can also, uh, you know, they they need defensive needs too. Uh, but right. you know, QB is on that list if they wanted to jump ahead, and mm-hmm. you know they don't trust Minshew enough. Uh, Tony, what are you thinking Jacksonville does here at the ninth spot? See, this is where it's it got tough for me. Um, my draft uh, list was uh, I had the first like five or six down, and then it was just some question marks. So I've been kind of going along with the flow right now, um, but. I would have said uh, Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina, uh-huh. um, just because. He's a freak. Yeah, a he's a freak. B, um, they got Josh Allen last year, which is great, but we all know that um, you can't be great defensively rushing the passer with just really one uh, defensive lineman. I know they've got Josh Allen, but Clayus Campbell's gone. Um, mm-hmm. I you know. It, his he left the senior bowl with an injury, which is kind of concerning. Um, but I think 
you know, I'm, I think I'm going to actually stick with this. I'm going to stick with, with, with Kinlaw and they're going to go defense because that seems to be what Jacksonville loves to do is they love to be the best defensive, try to be the best defensive team out there. Yeah, their defense got ravaged too this in 2020, you know, and for the offseason when they trade away Campbell. I mean, that <laughs> oh, I, I mean, just just to, just to imagine in 2017 they were just a quarter away from going to the Super Bowl. You know, <laughs> like, they were a fumble recovery return for a touchdown not being called away from going there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they were on the edge and all they had to do was sustain that team and I guess now in hindsight not pay Blake Bortles to be a starting quarterback. <laughs> and this team might have walked away at their first Lombardi and they have not done so. They look like a shell of themselves or they look like the team that we mostly have known for in our generation. So you think they you would know, have kept up with Philly in the Super Bowl? You know, tough to say. That's uh, tough. I, you know, yeah. You know, but here my argument with that though is take Compare the Jags defense to what <laughs> to what Matt Patricia's defense yeah. was at that point. I mean, credit New England was still on their high of, you know, they mm-hmm. were they were the best offense at the time. Uh, but like just comparing Patricia's defense, which was kind of becoming paper midway through that season, and you compare it to the Jags defense, which was, I believe, ranked either number one or two at that time. That's Who knows? Right Maybe they tear apart Nick Foles and they win on a defensive effort like Broncos did against the Carolina Carolina Panthers. You know, but that's the magic of the what if. We'll never know. But yeah. that one season's kind of like lost in memory. You know, that def- that was their 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 philosophy was defense. So mm-hmm. you know, you have to wonder if maybe they, you know if that's the way they go, which I wouldn't be surprised. You know, Kinlaw, you know, is definitely a force of nature that could impact alongside of josh allen so yeah, i saw i saw a video online of him he squatted two thousand pounds oh my god he had two humans <laughs> little <laughs> literal humans on the sides i'm grabbing my knees right now i'm worried like yeah no he like struggled he struggled for a second and then he just lit it up like it was nothing you have to look to it think up about. it was insane yeah that hurts to think about michael like i'm not even the poor knees, my God! Yeah, like I don't want to even know how much pressure was on those joints. Just you know, you know, good for you, man. But two—that's a ton. That is a actual. That is ton. a literal. <laughs> two thousand pounds is one ton. <laughs> You're lifting a ton. Wow. Just a powerful human being. That's all. Unreal. I yeah, he could definitely go at number nine. I would not be surprised. And there's a lot of other mock drafts that are thinking along your line, Tony. I wouldn't be shocked if he goes mm-hmm. there either. They need to build that defense back up. I mean, they can wait on Minshew if they want. There's other quarterbacks in the draft too. Jordan Love might fall the second round or late first yeah. round, so they have a possibility mm-hmm. of getting him as well. And comes now to the end of our mock draft session. Again, we could, if we wanted to challenge ourselves, we could try all 32. I am still getting new to doing draft reading type of things but i'm needing to get better so this is a start for me uh so who knows maybe next year we do all 32 why not but i'm down this year amen just this year 10 (laughs) 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 just just 10 We'll, we'll think about we'll think about next year uh number 10 is cleveland i have cleveland getting a left tackle this is a guy that i actually i think is his physical presence is insane for the weight he carries 
Uh, he's a raw talent in the sense of being more raw than Werfs. Uh, Makai Becton out of Louisville, I think, goes to Cleveland to secure the left side of the line. I mean, the guy's got some decent natural footwork. He doesn't do much of a narrow stance on pass blocking. But what I love him best for and what I think he will excel at the most in Cleveland's offense is he is a dominant running offensive lineman. Uh, The guy takes up space to where he can basically absorb any defensive tackle or defensive end and just get them the hell out of there. Uh, He's also decently fast for being 370 pounds and you know, I'm, I'm not kidding. He's 70 pounds and you know, I'm watching game. I'm watching games where he played Clemson and he's just taking one arm and shoving a 265 pound dude to the ground in one push. Like this guy has the muscle mass to be a tackle. Uh, you know, again, with his height and his size, you know, speed, obviously when recovering for say like an inside move might be an issue, but overall, you know, when Cleveland, is considered more of a running first type of offense with a lot of pass options. At least I would do it that way in Cleveland. They, they should be doing it that way in Cleveland. Yeah. Trust, trust I me. Mean, the entire yeah. city of Cleveland agrees with you with that one statement. Like Becton fits that role perfectly. The dude can just get someone out of the way, especially like plays like counters where you're trying to move the line in the opposite direction as the runner. You know, mm-hmm. that, that in my opinion, he would fit perfectly. I like him at that pick. So I'll stick with that. Michael, who you got? So I also went the offensive lineman route, but I did not pick Becton. I I thought that Andrew Thomas uh, yes. impressed a little <laughs> bit more than Becton did at the Combine. Not saying that Becton's any better or worse than Andrew Thomas. Um, I just thought he stuck out a little bit more and he played a lot of really good talent in the SEC. Uh, I, I think he's going to be their left tackle for the future. He could be a 10-year starter, just like any other first-rounder offensive lineman. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're – not that this matters or anything, but, you know, they they took a they took a certain Thomas in the 2007 draft, and that ended with some Hall of Fame mm-hmm. credentials. So mm-hmm. just – just throwing that out there. Mm, yeah. But not that it matters, but <laughs> still, still, he's a solid prospect. And so is Becton too. They could, they could honestly pick either one and they'd probably uh, be solid at that position for at least five to six, seven years. Yeah. So. I, I, yeah. Dra- draft on last name. That's a, that's yeah. No, I'm kidding. I'm yeah. Kidding. People wouldn't I, have to buy new jerseys. Like he could literally just, Kind of step exactly. in there, and take the old number if 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 he wants to. If he wants to take Joe Thomas's old number, he can step he in just, there. He just gotta give him a call. You know, don't be like Todd Gurley and ignore Deion Sanders and bro. Yeah, <laughs> I know. In that, you know, I was hoping he would just pick thirty-one. Honestly, yeah. like just would, one. Uh, you know, go up one. It's not that hard. You know, right? Just, but I don't. You, that's another thing with that too. Like, I don't know. He just. I mean, it's just a number, but still, there's so many people that wore it after after Dion did too, you know, like, I mean, true wore it last year. So that's what I was going to say. Wasn't he 21? Like, it, like, yeah, he was, he was, there's plenty of, there's been at least, least five or six that have had 21 since then, but still, I mean, 
just a, I guess it's just a number, but the numbers are pretty important. They are, yeah. Yes. I mean, I would call Joe Thomas for uh, seventy-three. You know, and ask him about that. Yes. I mean that—that's what I would do. <laughs> I don't. I don't yeah. believe you. Absolutely. I mean, no, and that, he doesn't really need to call him like specifically. You can just call into the. Uh, uh, Tomahawk show, Tomahawk show that they have going on between him and yeah. Andrew Hopkins. Yeah, call into that. <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly what I thought of when I saw about Joe Thomas. I was like, yeah, don't they have this like podcast or something like that? But yeah, they got a podcast or some type of like a radio show. I'm not entirely into it because they talk Browns football. And I'll be honest with you, if you hear Browns football every every you know Oof. thirty seconds of your life, it, man, that game we went to was enough for me. <laughs> My gosh. Oh man, good yeah, times. The, good good times. Some really weird times, but some good times. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm also going with Andrew Thomas, but mainly due to the fact that uh, a, like you said, Zach, Cleveland needs a football win as a city. I'm gonna put my physical, mm-hmm. my my personal feelings aside on the Browns on this. They need a, they need a football win. They go with Andrew Thomas. Not only do they, you know get another Thomas in a left tackle if they need it. But Andrew Thomas can also play guard as well. And he's not actually, uh, I mean, he, you throw him in as he's a good running, but it was a dominant running backer, uh, running back blocker. Wow. My board slurred bad there, guys. I'm sorry. That's a new, that's a new position at the, at the football. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, <laughs> when he, when he was at Georgia. So, I mean, you know, I, I think he, I think he would be the best one, especially because you think about who they have running the ball. If they finally decide to become a run first team, which is what they've needed to do. And it's going to be really hard to do coming into this next season due to the fact that they have Jarvis Landry. They have Odell Beckham. They have Austin Hooper. They have David Njoku who's going to be coming back and playing that opposite side tight end. It's, it's going to be very, yeah, it's going to be very, you know, tempting to want to throw the ball a lot. Um, but you, and you can't really do that without a decent lineman as we all know that, um, especially in that left, that left tackle side, they had Trent Robin or Greg Robinson, sorry, Greg Robinson as their left tackle last year. And I saw all I needed to see with him in the first game of the season against the Steelers, where he ended up on his back and then ended up kicking a Steelers player in the face. And I was like, yeah. this guy needs to go. So I think Andrew Thomas would be that great fit for him. I I just think that, you know, Cleveland needs that win. And if they run the ball, great. They have two running backs that can run that can run well. They have Nick Chubb, obviously, who is a phenom. And then they have Kareem Hunt, which you put aside your personal feelings on Kareem Hunt and whether or not he should even still be playing. Um the guy is still in shape. He can still run. Can still block for Nick Chubb. Chubb can block for him. I mean, you've got a guy. You add in a lineman who can play tackle or guard, and it's the same thing. Of you do a sweep. You do a, a sweep left. Um, you pull that guard. You got Nick Chubb blocking as a full. He's like a fullback. You get Cream Hunt behind him. That thing's going sixty yards for a touchdown. Yeah. Hey, and. Uh... Yeah, and I would say Thomas is coming from a system that is run first, by the way, with Georgia. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of fits in. Chubb's also a Georgia alum. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, the the parts are all coming together. But like you're mentioning, there's too many damn egos on the Cleveland Browns to where they okay. can't 
they can't just stop throwing the ball, you know, or you just trade away Odell and see what you get for him. Some draft picks. I mean, you could do that, or you know, um, this is going to be a hot take, and everybody in Cleveland is going to hate me for it. Um, I don't think Baker Mayfield is their quarterback of the future. I don't. I'm sorry. Like he had, he made so many boneheaded mistakes last year, and he, or he decisions, I should say, to where he tried to force the ball always to Odell, which was probably to do with Odell's ego. I'll give him that. But there were times where he had a he had the the receives parted. He could have ran in the game winning touchdown, which he was doing the year before, and he decided not to and decided to force it, and they ended up losing. I I, I think this is going to be a telling year for Baker Mayfield. I think he definitely didn't have the protection he needed. And so that was why he would force those throws or just kind of throw it up there and pray for the best to happen. But the, the egos, the egos, the, the least amount of ego on out of the, out of the skill players on that is Nick Chubb. That dude is the most humble guy I've ever seen in interviews that I just, he makes me want to root for the Cleveland Browns. But then you have like Baker and Odell who make me not want to root for the Cleveland So, oh yeah, I mean, Od- Odell's ant Odell hasn't had as many antics, but like some of his trade talk kind of drives me nuts. Um, you know, Jarvis Landry's been vocal at times, but not as bad as how Baker is at interviews. Baker is at interviews. No, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean he's, he's he's just just doing what he can, can and and, 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 and doesn't, doesn't say the right things at times. Also, we can't forget that he threw 21 interceptions last year. Uh, kind of a big number. I mean, yeah, Jameis Winston did throw 30, but, you know, mm-hmm. still 21's kind of uh, a lot of times to say oops in the That's NFL a setting. Bad sophomore slump. Yes, that is. That is a very bad sophomore slump. Uh, more interceptions, less touchdown throws, more yards, but your QB rating was 78.8, which. Is eh, it's average, but not good average. You know, good QBs are above average, obviously. Uh, <laughs> so this is a big year for him for year three. Um, you know, kind of, kind of. I take this as what uh, we were hoping Mitch Trubisky was going to do, and he needs to be, you know, year two plus of Mitch Trubisky. Um, <laughs> in year three, Jesus, I can't believe I'm saying that. Uh. <laughs> But yeah, I mean Baker Mayfield. I, I agree with you. He might not be the option, you know. Whether it is the mouth, compare also just the on-field play, he's not doing it. So, you know, that's why I'm like with you, Tony. They need to do run first. They need to convert to a run first system. Get over the fact that yeah, you paid Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry to pass. You know, use the run to build the pass. You know, do you want to win games? Or you want to get stats. That's the question. Mm-hmm. And exactly. And I don't know about you, but I want I want wins. Cleveland wants wins. God damn it! <laughs> I, I, think, <laughs> I think I'm tired of seeing these guys be in the dumpster. It's been the factor of sadness for too long for the city, and you know I love the hope that people had last year. Um, thought it was a little misplaced that you know, especially the psychotic fans who thought that they were going to go 19 and 0 and win the Super Bowl, um, mm-hmm. just by Eddie Odell. Um, I think they took a huge step forward in just by the fact that they hired Kevin Stefanski from Minnesota. That to me is going to help their run game. And I think he's got more of that. We're going to run the ball, but cause I mean, he had to deal with Kirk cousins. Like I don't, I mean, Kirk cousins was 
kind of where Baker's at right now. Kind of mediocre, kind of not awesome. So I think if you go to that more run-first approach, you got to get a good lineman for it. And so I think Stefanski's going to have some say in that. And, I mean, Cleveland will, Cleveland will rightfully yeah, have hope this season. Yeah, and, you know, Stefanski's offense is based, at least in Minnesota, was based run-first, run pass-second. And that was even with a th- with Thielen and Diggs as receivers coupled with Kirk Cousins. I mean, that offense worked because you had your star running back handle a good chunk of the load to then throw off the defense. Why not do the same strategy with Nick Chubb? Yeah. It obviously will work. And Chubb doesn't have any injury history. He's been consistent in both his years in the NFL. Why not continue that consistency? That, that's something that's going to have to be figured out. Cause I mean, Stefanski again, you know, he does have, he's obviously been known at least in Minnesota to excel at run first pass second with Dalvin Cook, and I think they can do that with Nick Chubb. You know, we hope we don't have to see the sad lands of Cleveland have to take another season that is per usual. Um, and that's that's about it. I, that's all I had on my slate really for today. Um, I mean, yeah, you got anything that you're gonna? I don't know. We have any any plans on how we're gonna enjoy a quarantine based virtual draft like? Uh, you gonna have like one person over and six feet sit six feet apart. We gonna have a Zoom party of the draft. You guys have any plans like that? Food wise, <laughs> do you gonna do you gonna ask delivery at a local joint? You know, mm-hmm. I hadn't actually thought about it to be honest with you, because um, I know in the past we've always gone under our buddies' houses, and since you know social distancing is keeping us from doing that this year, I mean we could do the whole you know six foot away type of thing. Um, and see why not, as long as it's not more than 10 people. Um, right, right. <laughs> don't, don't be Dak Prescott and getting Dallas yeah. police called to your house. And yeah, gosh. yeah, that was just, uh, that was the one time I agreed with Stephen A. I want to point that out. Like, <laughs> like I've never agreed with Stephen A in a lot of his Dallas takes. And that was the one where I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. Why are they being stupid? Um, it's fine. Whatever. Uh, (laughs) he he obviously said he didn't have that many people like i i just find it funny that that was that's a headline we for what we live in right now you know (laughs) too many people were at a party oh 11 people at this party okay wait that was the problem (laughs) it wasn't that there were drugs at this party it was just that there's 11 people at this party (laughs) (laughs) okay i guess whatever this is what makes news now um yeah but I would uh, definitely be looking to uh, order from a local food joint, especially out here in Valpo. There's a lot of uh, local places that are staying open, doing carryouts and whatnot. Um, didn't have that a lot when I was living out in Cle- when I was back out in Cleveland last week. Uh, the closest like local restaurant was like a 25 minute drive for me, so I wasn't obviously going to frequent it because um, I didn't want to leave my house and then just for 25 minutes just to get food and then come back, you know, 25 minutes later. Um, yeah, At least here, yeah. yeah, there's like Ricochet, there's Stacks, there's, uh, yeah, I might actually do that. Ooh, yeah, dude, I would, I would kill to be up there to order from like Stacks or something like that. Mm. Like, mm, I, I would enjoy that a lot uh, if I could get the chance. Um, tomato Bar, like I'd do a pizza from Tomato oh, Bar yes. or like Gelsosimos. One of those two, particularly actually, you know, no, Gelsosimos because their deep dish is freaking amazing. I would do that in a heartbeat. I'd get, I'd get either, myself either way. Yeah. We're winning. Yeah. yeah. 
hands down, I'd do that if I had the chance. That'd be nice. That'd be really I nice. Mean, if you guys want to have a Zoom party, let me know. I'll crack open a couple beers and we'll watch the draft. Hell yeah. I'll go, I'll go run down and get a four or six pack of something and sit down in front of my TV and flip it on. I just got to get ESPN, but I mean, come on, I'll pay for, I'll pay for ESPN access. Who yeah. am I kidding? Right. You know, I'll do it. Why not? Why not? Yeah, and then, hey, with Zoom meetings, we can record them so we could actually see our reaction. Uh, oh, live stream. Right. Well, not live stream, but at least record them um, for other people to enjoy if they wanted to of uh, the picks that come in. You mm. might be on to something. I, of course, I got the Facebook page to share it to, so uh, might be a good idea. I'll we'll keep that in mind. I'll be discussing that in a week or so with you guys, uh, mm. Michael. Michael, I know we're not railroading you onto this, but you know you're welcome now. Um, <laughs> hopefully, we're not taking away from other plans that no, you have. No. I don't know what plans you'd have. I mean, we're not. We can't really have too much, you know. No, nope, not a whole lot going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm just saying, like. I mean, could you speaking on Tony's point? Could you imagine a social distancing party? Like you have to have like a six foot stick to open the door. Hey, come on in! And you're like circling around in six feet. Use, use the hand sanitizer wipes when you walk in, real quick. You have sanitizer wipes, right? Don't make me wipe this doorknob. I don't want to have to do that. Where's your face mask? Why aren't you wearing a face mask? You know what? Get out of my house. I'm, why did I even throw this? Why did I think this was a good idea? <laughs> Worst party ever. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I brought I brought a bag of potato chips inside a Ziploc. I hope that that kills the virus. <laughs> it, I put I even squirted a little hand sanitizer in, so you can kind of like <laughs> slosh it around on the bag. Oh, should clean it. <laughs> I didn't open it yet. Oh wait, it's no, sterile. So it's, it's open now. Never mind. <laughs> I hope you don't mind eating san- hand sanitizer. Some people do that. They didn't, some people uh, enjoy the high. <laughs> oh man! I, I'm, I'm I know I'm joking, but like I actually do have a coworker that told me that some dude was at one point uh, he was addicted to hand sanitizer on like my my that like show that was like my addiction or something. Yeah, strange addiction. Yeah, that's it. I'm not kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is a little strange. <laughs> yeah, but no, like I that would be the worst thing ever to do a draft party like that. You know, or we just break all the rules and people hate us, you know. Yep. I don't think I'd do that. No. No, I don't want the backlash from that, to be honest with no, you. I wouldn't want that. And also, I think at this point, like, I think we all understand the severity. So, yeah, I think we'll just we'll just stick with a Zoom party. That sounds good. I'll, <laughs> I'll look into the options with that. Good, good idea, Tony. That, that's a good one. <laughs> I didn't realize you could record video off that. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, do it all the time for work. So, uh Sometimes it's one of our meetings that we might need to call back on. Um, I think one person, whoever's the host, will uh, record it, um, and then they can, you know, you can. Sh- I believe you can share it after that, so should be good oh, to go. Could you imagine if we get hacked midway through this reaction video? I, God, oh my goodness, you get zoom bombed. <laughs> wow. Oh man. <laughs> I don't want the, to. Here comes the Chargers pick. Oh damn it! What the. <laughs> the hell is this mom here's, t- here's tony with the fifth overall pick <laughs> take it away tony <laughs> like, that'd just be insane honestly I, uh, I don't think it'll happen to a party of three but like I, I i like this idea i'll still do zoom i like this idea we'll, we'll keep that in mind so for those listening we're gonna do a zoom party possibly um maybe for the first day of the draft second day i 
let's see, it's Thursday and Friday. Oh, I could do both the first and second day. All right. Yeah, I'm not interrupted by the radio station. So, yeah, we could do those. Um, we might do that. Stay tuned to that. Um, in the meantime, before we do a Zoom party and all that jazz, uh, you want to keep up with all of us. Um, Michael, Tony, take it away. This is your chance to plug yourself in for social so people can follow you. What do you got? You got me on Instagram at M underscore Grimberg 35. My name on Facebook is, if you can just spell it, if you can spell Michael, you're pretty, you're pretty much set. You're halfway you're pretty, there. You're, 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 spell Michael. Literally, you're halfway there. Literally. <laughs> hey, and Michael, how do you spell Michael? <laughs> believe it or not, people actually spell my first name wrong. They get the E and the A mixed up, and it drives me insane. I'm one of those people, by the way. Well, well then you drive me insane. You drive me insane, Zach. <laughs> so, okay, you can spell Michael, and you can find you on Instagram. Yep. Facebook yep. as well, right? Yep. Okay. And that's That's it. good. All right. M. Grimberg, folks. M. Grimberg 35. Don't forget it. Just don't. Just don't. <laughs> Tony, how can we find you now? All right. So I am on all uh, social platforms um uh facebook tony stenielsen uh twitter is tony dash stenielsen so it's spicing up a little bit there um mm. and then my instagram is stenielbridge um start spelling my last name before you get to sun put the word bridge in there and you're golden good and that's yep that's good genius <laughs> it's freaking genius man <laughs> <laughs> I can't take this seriously right now. I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe I, I think it's just them going crazy being inside. Hey, people can't say we don't have fun. That's all I know. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you know how to find these people. If you didn't hear the first time, just re-listen. It's a podcast. Who are we kidding? Uh, <laughs> if you want to find, if you want to find me, uh, as we wrap up here. Um, Got a few platforms, uh, folks. Thanks again for listening. And by the way, um, obviously, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram are all three. Not going to lie, haven't been active with Instagram. I've kind of been slacking at updating like posts. So kind of need to do better at that. But, um, you know, you can find all three of those. Just look up ZK Podcast. That is uh, Z-K-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Hey, look, we can spell that out. Uh, <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. So follow me on there and that's actually where i'm gonna try and maybe post the zoom footage i'm gonna have to talk with uh, tony here on how that all works i'm still new to zoom so yes i need to i'm gonna need to get these features figured out because i'll probably i'll need that video to post on there so we'll try and do a zoom party on at least the 23rd for the first night because those will be the big whoa moments in oh, particular. Yeah. uh so yeah keep it keep tuned to the this uh podcast as well as any of the social platforms i just mentioned there and we'll let you know what's going on um for michael and tony i'm zach kyleman saying so long thanks for listening in um and stay tuned guys it's gonna be a fun time with this draft so stay tuned